much back. Smile, Brandy. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. This is Andrea Adams Miller with the Leverage Masters. And it's so fun when life uh, gets in the way, isn't it? <laughs> it creates adventure, fun, and excitement. So you'll get me raw and in the flesh today, freshly showered, and no makeup. But that's because we're exploring expression today, and there's nothing hiding mine. <laughs> so here we are. And we're going to have so much fun. Uh, Dr. Gina Gaudio-Grace, um, if she's able to, she'll join us. She is the co-host of Leverage Masters and the founder of it. And she also runs Divizio. She is known as the Joint Venture Queen, and I'm Andrea Adams-Miller, CEO and founder of the Red Carpet Connection, which is all about publishing, publicity, uh, getting out there in the spotlight, sponsorship, connection. We do so many fun things to help really people show up in the world. And today on Leverage Masters, we're talking with Brandy Shampoo. I love her name. Shampoo, it's so beautiful. And she is quite an amazing woman. She has done some amazing things that have made me so proud proud to get to know her. She's the founder of Exploring Expression, and she helps parents, caregivers, and educators of K-12 through students become the very best expression of themselves so that they can make learning fun, easy, and natural, not just for their children, but for themselves as well. She has survived homelessness, domestic abuse, pregnancy-induced heart failure, and devastating natural disasters. She knows how to rise from the ashes, and she has um, not only survived, but she's now living her best expression. She's a speaker, author, and curriculum developer, and she's also a trained communicator with over 20 years of experience teaching and developing curriculum and other resources for diverse audiences. And Gina is trying to join us on the show. So she'll be here in just a moment. I didn't give her the ID. So, you know, there you go. That's life. We all are about being, you know, being honest and open and genuine here on the Leverage Masters. So Gina will be joining us shortly. And just as a reminder, she always joins us off camera because she um, is a multitasker as well. And while she's part of the show, she has other things she has to attend to. And so we have decided to create a show, create a life that works for her, works for I, and works for our guests. So Brandy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, when you hear people talk about you and say all the wonderful things that you've done, what, what does that bring up for you? Sometimes you just have to sit back and uh, say, wow, you know, yeah. Look how far, look how far you can go as long as you keep moving. If they could see me now. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think we have Gina with us now. Gina, are you there? If so, she'll, she'll jump in with us when she's able to, she might not be fully connected yet. Um, Gina is an amazing Sorry. woman. There she is. Uh, Gina, go ahead and say hi to Brandy Shampoo with Exploring Expression. She is an author, a speaker, and she really helps people express themselves and their children so that they can be learners for life, something I know you love. Oh, that's for darns. So I fun. Your hair. Did you have it cut or is it just up? Say that again. I love your hair. Did you have it cut or is it just up? No, I just got out of the shower, but thank you very much. <laughs> when I came on, I said, hey, everyone, you're getting me all natural today. <laughs> Hello, Brandy. Thanks for joining us here on Leverage Masters. Thank you. So Brandy is all about knowing what it's like to have multiple things going on and to live your life where sometimes you just need to make accommodations. So Brandy, give us a little bit of a, a backstory of, of, of who you are and how, how your family shows up in the world right now. Well, um, Exploring Expression does many things. It's, it's a family-owned business that I started, and it's all about learning and all about how as people we can become the best expressions of ourselves so that we can help our children you know because a lot of times and one of the things we see all the time was we want to raise learners not students and you know one of the biggest things that i preach is that how do you raise a learner 
you have to have them see you learning because children are going to do what you do. And I've tried to live that, you know, through all of the uh, hills and valleys that have occurred in my life. You know, I've tried to keep that concept of if I can just learn something new every day, that will keep me moving forward into my purpose and into my best expression. And it's certainly proving to be the case. Well, that's definitely true. So for all of those of that are listening, so this woman not only has children, not only has a child super active in dance with his own YouTube channel, you want to tell a little bit about him? <laughs> so um, I have three children. My youngest son, Daniel, he's seven and he does competitive dance. So we're at the dance studio six, seven days a week sometimes. Um, and we homeschool. So he's also part of his homeschool. He's working on developing his own YouTube channel called um, Daniel's Brain. And it's just the stuff that comes through his brain. Um, and he, he's the youngest. He's very, he's into acting and dancing and um, creating. He he's, lives in an environment of creation, which is a wonderful place to be. And like I said, he's my youngest of three children. I have a daughter in college, and then I have my um, my heart. I have a special needs son. He's 16, almost 17. Yeah, and uh, he's got his own interests as well, and what a neat kid he is. I've had the pleasure of meeting him through Zoom. <laughs> and, you know, Josh, is, is it Joshua or Joshua? Joshua. Joshua. Okay. I didn't know if he, he had a shortcut or not on his name. All right, cool. So, like he's a full Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, um, and the really cool thing about you and what you do in your life is you've created your life around yourself and your children so that you guys can, um, so you not only own your own company, you do some other things that are, uh, can I say government contracted things? Is that well, good I, enough? I have a, um, I have a I have a job and I work my, my job as a as a contractor, um, creating curriculum. And then I have my company, which which I also run out of my home. Um, you know that that's my joy. That's well, I love and see, it works out really really well because her job is from home and she does all of this other stuff from home. So she's able to manage a schedule, manage a job, do things like this on lunch breaks, you know, and then fit everything in so that we can, you know, she can really create the life that she wants and take her kids on the road and do cool things. Um, so you also then when you're traveling, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what you do with Nancy? Okay, well, um, Nancy is my business partner. We own Exploring Expression together. And one of the things that we'd like to do, um, my family has always loved traveling. I remember growing up that we would, um, we would travel all the time. You know, I grew up as an Air Force child. And so our life was spent traveling. And while I enjoy having a home base, um, it's important for me to allow my children that experience of travel. So what better way than to incorporate it in our business? And we go to a lot of events and shows and you know, less now because of COVID, but next year we're going on the road in the spring and we hope to document the entire thing, both from my point of view and from the point of view of um, Daniel, possibly Joshua, if he goes, you know, he's older and my daughter Samantha is an adult, so she doesn't travel as much with us, but right. document what it's like traveling with children and a business and if you do it with intentionality and that's what you know that's what i apply to all parts of my life is move through life intentionally and if you do it with intentionality those processes are such so much better well, and that goes right along with what you do with curriculum and with uh, doing all of that. Now, Gina, this has got to be totally up your world because uh, I'm already unmuted. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and, and share right now. I'm just imagining. I'm like, Gina's like, oh, curriculum. Curriculum, <laughs> yes, but travel as well. So when you go on your trip in the spring, are you guys planning on flying or driving? No, um, I, I drive everywhere. The road trip is half the fun for us. So as much as possible, we drive. And do you have an RV or a car? We have a car. Uh -huh. We pack everything. In fact, um, Nancy Nancy transports most of the product for us. You know, she, um, I live in Georgia and she lives in Virginia. Um, but for myself, my family, we have things like we have our traveling kitchen and we have our, our 
mini mini product hoard that we take along with us in our SUV. And and um, it's just a Ford Escape, so it's not even a big SUV. We just pile everybody in and make it cozy. Oh, that's awesome. I spent 10 years traveling in an RV. No home base, just the RV. And we went all over the place. So I, I absolutely love that. That's fantastic. I think that's a great thing to do with your family. Yeah, and from, from a learning standpoint, the, the people they've met and the things they've seen, especially all of these roadside America Right, it's just amazing. History. Yeah, that are fading away. And, and it's like, I want my children to see them while they're still here. Well, we've lost so many roadside things already. Yes. It just blows my mind since I stopped traveling about uh, close to 10, no, eight years ago. It, yeah, someone, been... one of my friends who was on one of my favorite routes was telling me, this isn't there and that isn't there. And I'm like, no, how could they have gone and done that? Because it, it, it's Americana, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's the ingenuity of what people are capable of. I mean, the idea of several years ago, we went through and we uh, visited the Blue Whale of Catoosa, which is this giant park with a giant blue whale in the middle of, uh, I believe it's Oklahoma. And when we were talking to the people there, you know, they had mentioned that, you know, not many people stop and see these things anymore. And they didn't know how much longer that they could keep it up. And, oh, wow. and not just them, but the, the like giant pair of legs we've seen and the, the grave of a space alien we went and saw. All of these little pieces that if you just stick to the highway, if you just stick to you know, flying from one coast to another, you're gonna miss you know, not, just the, not just the museums and the, the popular, parts of history and of our, our world, but all of these smaller, unseen, fantastic learning experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. The museums were never my thing. Those are, you know, commercialism, in my opinion. It's the small things that nobody talks about that was so cool. So let's talk about curriculum for a minute. Tell me a little bit more about the curriculum that you're working on. Um, so we do several things. Um, on, one on one hand, I write children's books. And from the very first one, from, from Tip and Ben, I decided that a book should be more than a book. That a book should be an opportunity for learning and growth. And so I created curriculum and workbooks to go along with um, all of my children's books, all of the fiction ones. But then we expanded and we do, um, we're working on a year long one that's gonna be debuting in, I believe it's January or February, created around this idea of project-based whole person learning. And so it's called Country Plus Curriculum and they're gonna be making their own country and they're gonna be learning about not just what it means to be a country, but what it means to have culture and what it means to be people from an economic standpoint and what it means to communicate with our neighbors because the premise of what Exploring Expression tries to get across is that you can take one item and it can be one item, or it can be a doorway into so much more. And so for all the different pieces of curriculum we use and we, we produce and the worksheets and the unit studies and the literature studies, you know, for every literature study we put out, we try to say, okay, here's the review questions for the books, but here's you can, how you can look at that from math or how you can look at that from, from civics or how you can look at that from a global standpoint. Here's things, you know, here's YouTube videos if you're a visual learner or here's some plays or, or physical things if you're a kinesthetic learner. Here's ways you can take this one thing just like a one person. That's what being your best expression is about. Here's how you can take your one person and make yourself more than you ever thought you could be. It's the wow. same concept, but in the curriculum, which is what I do. <laughs> is the curriculum being adopted in schools or is this just extracurricular activities for kids? Well, a large part of our focus are um, the homeschool community. We focus a lot on the homeschool community. Um, we're, we're looking into going into some schools. I've been to a couple of schools and daycares with um, 
author readings and some talks. I had a program I gave kinest or ASL and kinesthetic memorization that I gave in elementary schools. But our primary focus is um, for the people who are at home, either distance learning, which is much bigger now than it used to be. Oh, um, yes, homeschooling, um, things to um, enhance your child's learning experience. Because we want to give the idea that learning is not something you go to school to do. You are a learner. And, and that's a big part of the difference between being a student. A student goes to school, kind of like a the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur. An employee goes to a job. An entrepreneur yep. has a career. And it's the same way with students and learners. We create products to develop and help people develop their children into learners, into explorers of knowledge, as opposed to just, you know, here's a worksheet, do the worksheet, and then walk away. Oh, that's so awesome. And I would think homeschool parents would be just thrilled to have full curriculum already developed that they can apply in unique ways for their children's learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I said, um, not just homeschool parents, co-ops, or um, I've had several people that their kids are doing the um, virtual schooling through the school system. And um, my, my youngest son actually did that last year for the last semester of last year. Um, he did the through the school virtual virtual learning and it took him about 10 minutes to do the entire day's worth of schoolwork that they gave him. And then you're stuck as a parent going, what am I going to do now for the next four hours of the day? <laughs> you know, um, and this is where some of the products that we create can fit in that, you know, we focus on the unit study and the project based so that they can say, here's something you can do for a week. Here's something you can do. Do you have, do you have an hour, a day, a week, or a month that you have to fill? Here's some ideas on how to help you um, leverage what your child already loves to fill those gaps. Perfect. Um, specifically share um, some of your interactive projects, uh, like your bracelets. I am loving these. Yes. Um, so we've, one of the things we've done is we've come out with this line of, we call them learning and style educational jewelry. <laughs> and, and the first thing, in fact, I think, yep, I think I have one right here. Um, so like this is the layers of the atmosphere and they come with little booklets, little workbooks for the kids to do. And they come in either, you can get the, the bracelet by itself or you can get the kit. And the kit comes with everything your child needs to build their own bracelet, along with the workbook that, that helps extend that. We have a great one. The first in the series are coming out in January or in the, the spring. Um, we have a great one on Fibonacci. And if you're on Fibonacci is just a fantastic um, guy and what he did and the Fibonacci series in mathematics. And so the workbook teaches you all about not just the mathematical formula, the Fibonacci sequence, but about the life and times of Fibonacci. He was actually also known as, um, he came from the town of Pisa in Italy. And if you know what else is famous in that town, right, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So we have an entire couple of pages on, hey, since you're already learning this and creating the joy, doing something, doing something, um, kinesthetic and textile and project-based, let's work in all of these other fascinating things that you can learn while you're already here. It's very fun. Mm -hmm. Through jewelry, which is beautiful because, you know, let's add some bling to it. Well, and it's a good conversation piece because the kids can wear it, boy or girl. And so any gender can wear it. And then it's a conversation piece because usually people do ask, what does your bracelet mean? Because usually nowadays bracelets and stuff have some kind of meaning. And now the kid can say, oh, look, I learned this about math. This is and now they've created a conversation piece in order to introduce their friends to something different. Uh, Gina, something else that Brandy does is she consults with people um, who've already written books or who are in the process of of reading or writing books to um, expand curriculum within what they're doing uh, for K through 12 as well, or as a teacher's uh, curriculum, right? If I understood, um, Brandy, you can help so that the teacher could explain their book to 
kids as well. So like if you had a book on, on um, business or sales, but you were trying to teach, you know, high school students on how to do that, then that curriculum could be, it could be written for, for the student, or it could be written for the teacher or parent in order to teach that to their kid. Yeah. In fact, we have, we have several types of services we author, offer. Um, the educational consulting services is for both educators and parents that really dives deep into who your students are and how you can best help them. We also do custom curriculum development. We do it for parents or co-ops or um, nonprofits like small business type that you know sometimes people know what they want to get across, but knowing it and teaching it are often two very different things. And then we offer our um, book coaching. We have several people that um, come to us and either say, I have this idea for a book or I have sort of a book. And because we've, because we've been through the publishing process so many times, um, we're able to either help them help themselves, you know, help them figure out A, how to get their book written, how to get their book published, but also B, especially with children's books, how to then angle it and turn it into a learning experience so that you know goes all the way back so that your book is more than just a book whether it's for children or for adults because you're never too old to learn and and that's you know that's part of working with adults to be their own best expression and so even for people who are writing books for adults we come back and say okay did you know you can turn this into learning so easily. We can help, we can show you how. Very interesting. Uh, oh, I, I suppose another part of that is we should share that um, you help um, other people's books get out there and get seen yeah. by educators uh, and teachers and um, parents uh, by people can sell their books through consignment through exploring expression as well. And then they're, um, shown their books are showcased um, as well at different events where there could be hundreds, if not thousands, depending on the event that they go to, where people are going through looking for things to read and things to share with their children. Uh, yeah. So they educate themselves and their children. So. And, and not just books, but we're also, you know, kind of like the jewelry line. We're in some talks with some other people about um, learning products. The key is it has to be about learning and about growth and, and that's that's you know when we're working with consigners and working with partners we you know we call them partners um that's the first thing that we're going to ask them is what does your product have to do with learning mm -hmm. um and there's so many people that have have something to teach us you know i spent a couple of years um about a year and a half a couple of years ago going around and talking to people that had nothing to do with what I do. I mean, I'm talking about a lady that did uh, aerial dancing and we went to visit the Vikings of the valleys and we talked to a whole bunch of different religious people to get this understanding that everybody has something to teach the world. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's why I thought Gina would like this because, I mean, when you think about it, Gina, like all the people that you work with in business and industry who are trying to get information across. So whether it's um, an app in order for kids to and parents to learn or have access to information or to be able to um, read a book through a certain you know process, or if it's um, a, a, a software that, you know, your Brandy's list could use to help facilitate this information and redistribute it to different people, to um, the courses that, um, that Gina knows that people teach and uh, whether it's a nonprofit, because Gina works with people all over the world doing all kinds of projects, even real estate, because um, I know we taught our kids about uh, real estate and home ownership and being a landlord. Um, so my youngest, uh, her, today is her birthday. So happy birthday, Demaya. Uh, Demaya is 22 today uh, she bought her first um, rental property uh, this this couple months ago 
here this last year. And so, you know, she grew up knowing and witnessing how to work with tenants, um, you know, once in a while hearing about our landlord tenant apartment association meetings, um, knowing how, how it's important to be a leasee, you know, a renter and what, what your rights are and how you need to be good and, you know, pay attention to things. And so all of this stuff is, there's just so much that, um, traditionally our kids don't get to learn. Um, I always love that. I would have my husband come in and teach my students and all of my classes, um, have him come in and talk about, um, the things in business that are important to him. I always found a, whatever the curriculum was, I always found a reason to squeeze it in or fit it in where he could teach them how to be renters and how to fill out an application and how to find a place and what are your responsibilities and so forth. Cause I knew I would hear my students talk and complain about not having good good tenant landlord relationships, not knowing how to do a contract, not knowing how to get out of one. And I thought this is an opportunity that I have to give them. How can I not squeeze it in and find a way to give them skills? Cause these were adults who needed this information. So. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised. One of the first conferences I ever attended years and years ago was the single mothers conference because I am a single mother. Um, and I'll never forget in all of the, you know, when you go to conferences, they have different workshops and all of the different workshops that I went through in this conference, it was several days. The most impactful one was a lawyer came in and his whole workshop is, I'm going to teach you how to create a will. And when you walk out of here, you'll have a will. And those, it seems so simple but in the midst of, you know, personal growth and development and doing this and, and coming, you know, getting a better relationship with yourself and with your children, these simple logical things are often forgotten. And I can tell you when I, I didn't have a will when I worked in there. And his first half was that, you know, if you're a single parent, do you realize you need a will? What are you going to do? What is going to happen to your children if something happens to you? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is... And it was, there are some moments that are game-changing and it was game-changing for me from a conference perspective that not only do we need, um, not only do we need emotional and spiritual help, but like one of the products that I have is called um, um, the Household Management Binder. And I talk often about my Household Management Binder and it's my personal guide to the running of my household. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it's fabulous. And it's one of the things that'll be, you know, um, that'll be in our product listing that we're taking on the road with us because I'm able to, it enables me to go on the road because I have, I can just pick up the binder, you know, and, and that's something that going through the trauma that I've gone through in the past, there's been so many times where you have to figure out how to pick up, how to pick it up. I mean, um, when I was pregnant with Daniel and I developed heart failure, I developed, it's called um, peripartum cardiomyopathy, pregnancy mm. and failure. And it was like this. I wasn't feeling well. I went into the doctor. They sent me directly to a cardiologist and the cardiologist says, you have to take to your bed. Hopefully this baby will be born before you die. Nice. Yeah, it, it was a nice thing to hear, you know, mm. on a... On a <laughs> Um, and so immediately, because I had other children, I had to have somebody step in and run my life. And, and if you've ever been in the position where somebody has to suddenly run your life, um, and God bless my father, he, he, he drove up and he spent the next several months sleeping on my chair. Um, running, but I was able to say, here is how it works. Here's the medication. You know, my special needs son is on medication. Here's the medication. Here's when to take it. Here are emergency phone calls. Um, Daniel, the, the smallish boy, I call him, um, only eats about five things, right? So in my household management binder, I have, it's called the safe seven. <laughs> and one of the, interested, I don't know if you're aware, most people eat the same seven meals about 80% of the time. 
Um, I, I would say I, I right? didn't know I knew that, but now that you say it, I'm like, oh, I'm very clear that we only eat a couple <laughs> certain things. Yeah. Unless I'm on the road and then I eat those seven things. <laughs> and so the key is in an emergency, the last thing you want somebody to be doing is to try to feed your child something they're not going to eat. Mm -hmm. So they can pick up and it has, it has things like, um, when the last time my car was serviced, when, you know, when, who the insurance carrier for my rental insurance is. So they can pick up this binder and instantly step into my life and be able to at least keep it running. Not necessarily well, but at least keep it running. <laughs> well, for some people, it might be better than they run it themselves. So um, I really appreciate you bringing that up because I know in business, a lot of things that Gina's done, and Gina, if you want to chime in on this, is about helping people get organized so that they can be um, more proficient in their business. And um, uh, we've had Trey Carmichael on here. He does operations and he's always um, on me about setting things up so that I don't have to even think. Um, so there are things that I do that I don't have to think. I have gotten um, very, like I wear the, the same makeup, the same colors, the same things, um, you know, and if, and if they change a the color, I just pick whatever and that's the one and now that's it or if there is no one in front of me whatever's in front of me is what I'm wearing I wear the you know red every day so I don't have to think I'm it's so easy red shirt black pants or if it's and then if it's just a dress it's just a red dress there is no thought process to it they all mix and match together so I, I never have to think about what am I wearing or you know what what am I got to take for makeup it's all the same so my life has been very easy in that regard. And so the more things that are being structured, we have been talking about, Brandy's been talking to me about structure because we've been talking about doing some different things together. And um, master at it. Yeah. Nancy. The expert at structure and organization. Yeah, it's super fantastic. Did you have any other questions, Gina, that you wanted to jump in? If so, just interrupt me. Nope, I'm good. Awesome. Brandy, so, I think you and I met somewhere, though. Really? Did we meet at Nancy Matthews' event? Oh, uh, uh, e, is that an E-Women's? or Well, Nancy Matthews does her own things as well. She, she lives in Atlanta area, doesn't she? No, Nancy's in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, is she? Okay. I know I know Brandy from somewhere, and I can't put my finger on it. Oh, that's fun. Well we'll figure it out. <laughs> and uh, Brandy, they've got a really fun picture on their website. It's exploringexpression.com. And so that's your daughter. Is, a, is she a, like a fairy or a butterfly? What is she? She's gorgeous. Yeah. My daughter does a lot of cosplay. You know, um, all of my kids are very creative. And so we'd had a photo shoot for her, her birthday um, in this cosplay, you know, series of cosplay things. And so she was supposed to be um, representing like a fairy or a type of thing. And I was standing behind her kind of like mother nature. Mm. I was going for like a mother nature. Yeah. Look. And then um, Daniel was sort of um, almost like a little imp or a little pixie that, you yeah. know, I was, we were chatter. I'm sorry. We were channeling the, um, what is that book about the, the, boys that get marooned on the island um oh goodness fantastic it's a classic but boys get marooned on an island and they form their own civilization right um and i use it in my country plus curriculum i can't think of, of why i'm not thinking about it now but with the the jeans and bare feet and no shirt and so we're trying to channel this moment in the forest um type of learning thing Lord of the flies Lord of the Flies. There it is. Okay. I've never read that. Oh, it's absolutely fabulous. We did it in our book club. Um, I think I, I think I, I, in fact, I know I own the book. I've owned the book since a child. And for whatever reason, I was like, I don't have any interest in flies. <laughs> I didn't read it. <laughs> Nothing to do with flies. <laughs> it, it's about, it's about boys. Um, and it's a, it's a commentary on um, anarchy and an anarchy type civilization. Um, but it's, we, I, we have a book club 
and it's a multi-generational book club. It's me and my mother and my sister-in-law and my daughter and a couple of her friends. And um, we all get together twice a month and just read and discuss books. Nice. And yeah. that I, was I one of them that. that we read. Well, I, I've been laughing because I've been working on my dissertation. So um, a part of my dissertation, because it's on entrepreneurology, uh, Dr. Gina, her degree is in entrepreneurology as well. Um, I was writing all these books. So trying, because I have read all of them, every book that's present, I have read, um, unless it came in the mail today. <clears throat> you know, <laughs> they're, they're, I've read all of these. And so um, I wanted to include them. And because all of them add to what I'm, what I'm learning. So my relationship business is mostly here. This is about intimacy and relationships. And then like back behind this book is all my police and rape in investigation and forensic profiling stuff from that. And this is mostly business stuff with psychology mixed in. And, you know, it, it's so funny because when you go through all the books that you've read, now, most of these are more of an adult read, self-development, all of that. However, it did dawn on me because the more I've been working on this dissertation where you go through your life to figure out um, the experiences that lead you to be a really good entrepreneur and where you failed and where you could do better, I actually... <clears throat> have really gone back and went through all of my elementary years because I realized that um, in going back that far, it really set the stage for everything that I was now. So to me, it's really brought up that nurture nature thing of like what you're at and what you do. And, and now I'm like, oh, the books I read as a kid, um, how those affected me, which of Blackbird Pond, uh, Johnny Tremaine. Uh, those were two very instrumental books. Uh, Candle in Her Room is the book that made me very interested in different religions. And, and, and as a fifth and sixth grader then knew that I would somehow someday study different religions and bring that into my life. And um, uh, books about archaeology and in first and second grade, I just loved Egyptian stuff and knew all about, you know, King Tutankhamun and all of this stuff. And, and then having had the pleasure to be in Egypt twice and see the mask, that was such a big deal to me when I was, you know, five and six years old. It, the books is just so exciting. And there's a benefit to it. I mean, I still, I have a list of books that I go back and I read every year. <clears throat> I read the same list every year just to, um, immerse myself back in that experience mm -hmm. but I have a packet that I that we actually um offer called the picture book analysis for older students and adults hmm. because one of the things we teach is that there's benefits to reading picture books and reading children's books no matter how old you are because what they do is children's books distill complex ideas down to their basic form, down to the true understanding. And, and that's how I first experienced, you know, first reading through the Bible. It wasn't reading through, you know, the, the adult version. It was reading through, reading them to my kids, reading through the picture ones. And then I could graduate on to more complex things, but learning about Fibonacci, I haven't gone and read any adult massive tomes on the life of Fibonacci. I read children's books and I got it and I understood it. And there's still value there, no matter your age. For I, the books. I giggled when you said that about Fibonacci because um, I taught constitutional law and uh, they didn't have anybody else to teach it. And the person who was supposed to teach it, attorney, fell through and they came to me and said, do you think you can do this? And I said, well, I, I'd love to learn it myself. So I'm, I'm willing. And it was an introduction class. So I'm thinking, well, I can, I can get through this introduction class. And, and I did. Um, in, fact, in fact, those books, my constitutional law is that beige one right, right there. And, uh, and I know because I just had it out yesterday. And beside it is U.S. Constitution for middle school. <laughs> it, is the, it is the teacher's book for kids to teach them the constitutional law. I went to the educator school so that I'm like, what do you guys have that can help me teach this class? And I even showed um, the, um, oh, um, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. I can't remember the tune right, but um, I even showed those cartoons in my class to 
give us a fun segue of what they remembered because they'd all seen it and to help create a discussion of what have we learned about the constitution about this cartoon is it work did it work do you remember it did it to give you an understanding that later in your life that you were able to think back on uh, it's been quite fun <laughs> there's a book called uh the existential giraffe or something like that hmm. and i came across it and i read it on my youtube channel so if you go back on my youtube channel um, one of the things i do is i read children's books that i find interesting and i read this one and it's about a giraffe who's having an existential crisis oh my gosh i will love this it's absolutely fabulous and for children you know for for a four or five-year-old it's a great cute story about a giraffe who who suddenly is like am i really a giraffe or am i something else who just thinks it's a giraffe how do i know what i am you know but as an adult reading it it gave me this great introduction on what existentialism is because that's a deep topic and that's kind of what we go for that's kind of what we're trying to 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 promote at exploring expression is the idea is that it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be boring learning if you approach it you know we still learn the way we learned as children we try to force ourselves into this adult learning and adult mode of thinking but the way we learned at children like children we still learn that way I'm giggling too because of the things that I have fun when I talk with you because I uh, do a lot with existentialism and the, and the things that I've read my whole life and been attracted to. And um, so for those of you who are like, you know what, I ha I think I know what existentialism is, but uh, but yet at the same time, I'm not, you know, like they're like, wait a minute, I think I get it. But remember, that's how... Um, you know, people, it's, it's, it's a philosophical um, aspect of thinking about um, who we are and do we have choice and free will and, and how do, how do we think and act and respond and, and is our development ours and our act of will, or is it from what comes around us as well, you know? And so there's um, some different theories on that. So um, names that are uh, uh, Nietzsche comes up as being, uh, you know, one of the main ones that I can think of right now off the top of my head that I've read. And then um, for me, um, uh, existentialism um, shows up a lot in a lot of the research articles and stuff that I read um, and, and how, how people exhibit in the world and, and what they reflect and, and, and show based on who they are and, and what matters to them. And I love that the word is introduced to children um, that yes. it's just introduced to them and, and, the, and they may not, may not even know what it means or whatever, but somehow they'll get an, a gist and they'll figure it out. It's exposure. It's exposure. I mean, there's one of the things we're doing on our homeschool now is I'm reading and we're actually creating as part of our superhero um, curriculum that'll be coming out. Um, we're actually creating a unit study workbook based off of this book I found um, called the weighty word book. Mm. And it's these people that took really complex words like um, klepto, for example, kleptomaniac is one of the words in it. Mm -hmm. And you know, a six or seven year old, my son's seven that we're reading it, wouldn't necessarily, but they use these elaborate stories and they had this elaborate story about this guy who, um, who has this urge to steal things. And so every night he goes and they live in this really cold place where the only thing they have for warmth is yak hair. And every night he goes out and he clips the mane of a yak and steals it and then gets in trouble. And it's like, so whenever you, see somebody who has an urge to steal things that they probably can't afford, think of whatever the character's name was, who would clip the mane of a yak. And you'll remember the word kleptomaniac. Interesting. Isn't that cute? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and from a, um, from a standpoint of the people that we take on from a consignment and a partner basis, that's what we're looking for is we're looking for people with a interesting take on something and an interesting idea. <laughs> it's an, uh, you know, I hadn't brought this up to you before. I've wanted to for a long time to, um, 
because uh, I grew up in a household of, of loud. Um, and then my dad's parents were loud, uh, lots of people there. And, and there was a competition for to be able just to be able to be heard because TV was on and everybody was talking and, and, and yelling was, uh, uh, normalcy and and people weren't necessarily fighting to yell that yelling is just how you call the dog is yelling is how you reach for someone in the other room so you loud and so um however i was thinking about that as as far as fighting and i so a lot of times i'll hear parents say well our kids never know that we fight and i'm thinking wow so your kids are going through the world thinking everything is you know, roses and happiness and don't know how to manage conflict so that when there is a fight in the household, then the kids are devastated. And it's funny because I wonder how many of those people think, oh, my kids don't know we're fighting and they're crying in their beds because they can hear mom and dad fighting, even if they're fighting like the, the kids pick that up as fighting, you know, and because I remember what I could hear and when I was other people's houses, my observations. And so I've thought about that as showing kids how this is, this is how you fight. <laughs> this is, and this might be other ways of fighting so that they understand how to have a disagreement and that that's not fighting. Doesn't have, it doesn't have to be considered right. fighting. Yeah. And kids can understand, you know, my, my, I have a series of children's books that I've written. Um, for example, Terrence the Saddest Stallion is about depression. And, and it's about, um, and that actually came about because um, my Daniel, my son's Sunday school teacher um, took her life, took her own mm. life. Wow. Um, the sunflowers in this book, her favorite flowers were sunflowers. And yeah. so the sunflowers throughout this book are in tribute you know, to her. But these mental health conversations need to happen with children. We push mental health and mental health awareness so much um, with exploring expression. And, and we do a lot, and not just because of Joshua and the autism and um, the, the bipolar and things of that nature, but having discussions with children that mental health conditions, A, are medical conditions, and B, are okay to have. <clears throat> It's okay to have them. It's okay to talk about them, but you have to approach them. You have to bring them some sort of normalcy. You know, um, Tip and Ben Find a Friend is the story of Joshua and his therapy donkey. And it started with this idea that let's bring normalcy into special needs from mm -hmm. a mental health perspective, because just because, just because your child's not in a wheelchair, <clears throat> I mean, nothing against children who are, I mean, but- right. There are some people that you can look at them and say, you have a special need. And there are some people that you can't just look at them, but that doesn't make their need any less important and, and any less worth talking about. And that's what some of the stuff that we try to do with mental health. And when, you know, when you're talking about your book about fighting and, and you know, we need to have the conversations with our children because they can understand it. Mm -hmm. so have those conversations with them. I, I wanted to segue to something that I was thinking about before you brought that up uh, to segue to Gina, because uh, Gina, she uh, <clears throat> she was an a trained to be an attorney. And so she's extremely intelligent and then was doing all the stuff in business and then was in a really bad accident and um, was wheelchaired and had all of this stuff going on where she had to manage her life differently. So I was thinking about her earlier when you're talking about life management. But then as far as like disabilities, like so her disability, like, so she still has disabilities, but she, they are not inabilities whatsoever. She has found ways to manage them and oversee them that you, you would have no clue. So Gina, I, I just would like to hear, hear from you. Cause now I'm thinking about that even more like on how children can see adults <clears throat> and see them in business and see them differently and, um, and, and normalize that as well. just to unmute it said i was unmuted i had to remute and unmute again <laughs> <coughs> for me personally when i became disabled 24 years ago it was i didn't even think about the fact that i was disabled mm -hmm. i'd always been 
able and I could do whatever I want, regardless of whether my body thought I could or not. But I don't know that children think about it that way because their peers are usually so harsh towards those with disabilities. So I think having curriculum that can both help those who are disabled to feel more able and those who are not disabled to learn how to treat their peers better if they are disabled in some way could be very helpful. Yeah, it, um, I, I noticed an impact. So me as a kid, um, there, there was a book I read. It was through the Serendipity series. In fact, I've been wanting to get it because mine was so used, it, it fell apart. And um, it was about a cat and uh, nobody would talk to the cat. It's really an emotional story for me. Um, she was a three-legged cat and the other farm animals wouldn't talk to her because they thought she had nothing to say. And so growing up, being told to shut up that I didn't have anything to say, that book really connected to me. And I actually got that book later in my life. I just happened to see it at a, I don't know, full cart store or something like that. And it was kind of like, whoo. And even though it was an older, and I read it to everybody I babysat for, I think I just bought the book to read it to them. Um, because it, it meant so much to me. And I raised my children and invited people with disabilities over and had my kids around people to, to normalize that. And I think that's why the keep smiling movement is so important to me. Um, with it being a mental and dental health organization is because when I say mental health, I'm not talking about just, um, you know, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, but I'm talking about traumatic brain disorder, post-concussive disorder, um, strokes, you know, anything that um, dyslexia, you know, um, learning disabilities, um, because all of those are mental brain disorders um you know so it's they're not mental i mean to me the they're none of them are mental they that you might act emotionally or mental because of them but it's because that the brain isn't regulating what needs to happen with the firing and synapses and with the hormones and neurotransmitters that you may act out in such a way that appears that you are you know hallucinating or crying or and those those are the things that we as a society referred to as mental, but it's all a chemical brain, you know, structural and chemical situation that's going on. And, uh, and that's why I think that's such a big deal to me is if kids realize that and realize that people can be completely healthy and functioning and have those disorders. Cause we have people all over the world, famous people all over the world who have all of these disorders and have in the past and that people okay that to ask for and receive help yeah yeah oh yeah i'm i'm going through that uh big time uh I, i'm t today's been um just last night and today um because of what i do for the keep smiling movement um and because in the past i've stepped up to help other people with uh, brain disorders and so forth um so yesterday i was an advocate for someone for their mental health and um after uh, almost it's been almost two years fighting to get um get it recognized that this person is having some cognitive behavioral challenges i finally got someone to listen to me and you know and i mean i mean it's just exhausting it's exhausting to try to get it and they just blow you off like no they're fine no they're fine the person knows they're not fine that there's something happened you know and so who would have ever thought that this concussion over this time period has caused a a, a personality change as well as a functioning change you know cognitive change and and that's it is just trying to get even people to listen it's a huge uphill battle uh, we have friends um who um run invisible disabilities and uh it, it's it's a beautiful organization where they're um helping people who have invisible disability who look perfectly fine who get out of a car walk perfectly fine look perfectly healthy walking into the store and are bullied like how dare you park in the handicapped and people have no idea that the person might have asthma heart condition some kind of neuropathy they have no idea what's going on with them so um i love that um books can create that normalcy for kids as well both who have that condition know somebody with that condition or towards other people in the world who might 
Yeah, because it's an important topic and it's important, you know, um, like I said, I deal with my son has one of those invisible disabilities because you look at him. Handsome and, kid. Yes, yes, and he knows it. Um, <laughs> and um, he looks normal. He looks like, you know, he's 17. He looks like a full grown man now. However, he has, um, and that's, you know, I've been dealing with the last couple of weeks with, um, he's had some real challenges from his special needs standpoint. And part of the, the issue is trying to get people to understand that, yes, you look at my son and this is how he looks, but this is how he is. And, and he's not, you know, he's not trying, He, but puberty, I mean, puberty for, for um, kids with autism and kids with, um, he's got disruptive mood dysregulation disorder and kids with ADHD, puberty has hit him like a ton of bricks mm. because of those chemical changes yeah. that go on, you know, and, but it's not just, it's getting the awareness out that it's okay. It's okay that this happens. It's okay if you need help. You know, the book we have, we have a book coming out um, that I wrote, it's coming out, I think in the end of November called Virginia Possum's Pouch. And it's about PTSD. It's about a, a little girl, a possum who um, her home burned down in a forest fire and she, she had to move and she's experiencing all of these different emotions and doesn't know what to do. Because the key is when communicating and when educating children is that a lot of times we assume that they have a knowledge base that they don't. And we have to, we have to speak with them on their level, but the important part is, and this is where, you know, this is where it goes full circle back to the idea that we have of learning is that even if you have to speak with them on their level, you still should be speaking with them, mm -hmm. not speaking to them, not speaking at them, but speaking with them. Uh, you know, it's uh, funny that you bring that up because I was just thinking the other day, someone was telling me that they had a um, uh, a real horror of funeral homes and stuff. And that's because when they remember when their grandmother died, um, they saw her at the funeral home. And of course, they only opened half the castle <laughs> for the showing. And uh, she so they she thought that they had cut her legs off and that only that's why the bottom half was closed so it wasn't until she was an adult that she questioned or asked because it never dawned on her to ask anyone she just never went she's like nope i don't want to go don't want to go don't want to go and then when she was like you know like like she knew cognitively that that didn't make sense but but she just avoided it so it never brought it up or addressed it and then it was later she's like oh <laughs> like they don't dismember people it's you know it's like not a frightening thing you know and and that it, it's but it's interesting because kids don't know what they don't know my daughter i don't even know what it was now and now i wish i would have written it down she told me something that she believed all this time that we did or whatever and we had no idea that she didn't know this other information and so she this whole time was so confused on why we did this because there was a lack of information because we just assumed that she knew it i remember when i was a small child my older brother who you know like older brothers do um, he told me that the the center things on the highways the reflectors were would pop your tires if you hit them oh, God. and it was long after I had my license, even going through and getting my license was a really hard experience for me because I was certain that if I ran over that thing, that my- So you were trying to time the spacing of getting over? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So that I didn't, because it never occurred to me that- you know, <laughs> Look at all those other people that don't, these people are really good Dodgers. Well, we are almost out of time. Um, uh, so exploringexpression.com, exploringexpression.com with Brandy Shampoo. Um, any last words, Brandy? And we'll have Gina close us out. No, absolutely. Um, like I said, we're here to help people with their learning needs. We offer services both for um, parents, educators, or if you have um, need help getting your idea out there, your learning concept out there, um, reach out to us because we have something for everyone. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Brandy. It's been a pleasure having you. 
Thank you, Andrea, for arranging for this to happen. And we will be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everybody. <laughs> and usually uh, my outro will play for me and it didn't today. So uh, thank no, you, you usually have to push the button to make it play, Andrea. I got it the other day to do it automatically. Here it is. I'll just go ahead and play it now. Tune <laughs> in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.